Welcome to Extra Words, a Patreon podcast for the Quiet Council only, with specials, extended cuts, exclusives and more. All the X, all your faves, none of the limits. Hey, welcome. Welcome to another episode of Extra Words. If you're here, that means you're in the Patreon. Thank you very much. Love you. Um, And let me me introduce you today to what the episode is about. So I have with me Connor. Connor, say hi. Hi, everybody. Hey. I am a Patreon subscriber to uh, Extra Words. So I I am among... My people. <laughs> and it also means the two kisses went to you. Oh, well, I mean, I like when I get as many as I can. So that's great. <laughs> so, uh, hey, Connor. So you you know Connor. You know we can find Connor. Connor, go, go on. Plug yourself. Uh, I host the podcast Cerebro. It's a pretty popular X-Men podcast, which has been pretty. really crazy. It's crazy. But like, She's I, humble. I mean, well, I mean, you know, it's just, it's, it's, I don't like, I don't like, like, bragging about myself it feels weird but it's it's let, let's say it's a very successful x-men podcast yeah. uh, and i'm i'm very proud of it I, in my day job i'm a literary agent um i work with mostly non-fiction writers some celebrities i work with a, several real housewives that's a fun part of my job that means unfortunately i can't podcast about the real housewives because uh it would be something of a conflict of interest. Whereas I don't, where I do work with comic writers, but not with them on their comics. So it's not a conflict of interest for me to talk about uh, comics writing oh. and comics characters. Cause I don't, the direct market, big two companies, they don't talk to agents. Like they'll, they'll loop you in on something if like you need to see it, but there's no negotiation happening. That's not oh, nice. thing they do. So I'm not going to take a commission if I'm not doing it. I mean, none of this is important. The point is that's <laughs> me. And uh, you probably know me from, my podcast it's a it's it's a sunday guys and we just recorded something for my podcast so you know it's uh i'm i'm a little rambly at this point but i think we're gonna have a good time i'm excited about this i liked this idea when you brought it to me yes yeah, so um today's question is less of a question and it's more just like a general vibe uh connor's been on the podcast before and we talked about lourdes we talked about yes. lourdes but this time um we were going to swap episodes it was all good but then I thought, and I was like, you know what? It's really rare that I actually talk to a podcast host. And I talked to Chris, and we talked about uh, Chris's podcast at length. And hey, probably we'll do one of these with Chris as well. But I actually figured it would be cool if we did like a hosting crossover. So mm-hmm. we're going to chop it up about hosting our respective podcasts. And is it a little bit self indulgent? Yes. <laughs> is it also going to be fun? Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes that's the most fulfilling stuff is when you just get to navel gaze like a little bit. You find out that you have things to say that you didn't think you had to say. Like, I did an episode like that for Jay and Miles when Miles was unavailable. Jay asked me to like pinch hit that week. And yeah. it's really just us talking about like why we like the X-Men and what's it like doing your podcast and what's it like doing my podcast. And people, first of all, lots of them came to listen to my podcast because they heard that. So that was lovely. Yeah. Um, but also... We actually got it like some real shit and it was fun because this is a very weird space to be in where like you feel like a public figure, but you're definitely not 
like an actual famous person with the benefits of any of that. You're just someone who a lot of people have opinions about, which is like <laughs> stressful. So it's nice to talk to someone else who experiences that, you know? Yeah. So I think that would be cool. Um, and also it's a little bit of a, like a curtain pull, you know, you, you make, because we're talking about third parties, we're really always kind of at a remove. We're talking about mm -hmm. X-Men, we're talking about themes, we're talking about characters. But this episode was designed to be a little bit of a curtain pull. So we show you what's behind that. What, how, like, how do we make it? Why did we do it? Um, and we'll see. I hope you like it. So uh, we've got 10 questions, five of which I came up with, five of which Connor has come up with. And I'm doing an eyebrow. You're doing that. How are you doing that? Oh. What is that? Oh, I can just do that. I can do either one. Oh, no. Yeah. You went to the Colin Farrell School of Acting. Well, you know, I mean, he is, uh, I, I am, I am Irish, like Mr. Farrell. I actually made eye contact with him once. Um, what? He was jogging. True story. I live in West Hollywood and yeah. he was jogging shirtless in tiny shorts down the, down Santa Monica Boulevard. And I locked eyes with him and we had this moment of eye contact and he made a tiny, like just the tiniest little face of like, yes, you know, just like acknowledging that I wasn't crazy and that he was Colin Farrell. I figure it's a look like a very brief look that he has mastered to yeah. give to gay men who witness him jogging shirtless in West Hollywood of like, tis indeed me. Don't worry about it. Like he just Don't kept running. Don't give and, him that leprechaun voice. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, I, Whoa. Oh, you okay. Yeah, everything's I fine. I just like fell out of his chair. Um, Why would you say that? The glory cut it, cut it. I cut it. I, they don't need to know. Bleep it. Bleep what happens. Bleep the it right out. The on a podcast is you can embarrass yourself physically. And you made a noise. There was like a loud sound that I think will get picked up by the mic. Anyway, so... Um, the, no, but, but so I, the minute I got home, I was yeah. like was that him like am i crazy and so i went to the daily mail because i knew they would have the paparazzi photos like within seconds and they did and there he was in the same outfit jogging down my street oh cool and i was like you know what god bless that's allyship the fact that he jogs specifically through the gayborhood is a service that he's performing for the community and i appreciate it very much <laughs> excellent i'm glad that you had that small moment that's my I'm colin farrell story i'm also glad that you didn't embarrass yourself because no you know what I, are you gonna do chase after him like hey like no, he's you know i have a bad habit of sometimes before i think saying the famous person's name to them sure we were like oh. far enough away on the block that it wasn't possible to communicate verbally i did once um see matt mcgory in a costume shop in manhattan and this was like during the first season of like how to get away with murder and when he was yeah. uh, still on orange is the new black and i just suddenly we were like both clearly shopping last minute for a Halloween costume. And I just turned and he was sitting next to me and like an 85 year old woman, I said, you're on the television. <laughs> the television. And he looked at me and he said, I am. Yeah. And I said, two great shows. Keep it up. And he was like, thank you. And I was like, I, I was just like, well, that's, I mean, most people don't have one great show and he was on two really good shows at that time. So, you know, I did see, I saw um, Idris Elba in Notting Hill the other day. That's couple, fun. A couple of weeks ago, maybe two weeks ago. I was just on the bus. I was going to go for a brunch with some friends and um, looked out the window. Idris Elba was walking and I went audibly on the bus. That's Idris, Idris Elba. Elba. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and three people were like, what the fuck? 
So I think um I think I'm better at not doing that because um my uncle was pretty famous in the eighties and like he is so I just the idea that famous people are people who exist and you shouldn't bother them is like something that was instilled. I mean, my uncle is um the is Zach Galligan from the movie Gremlins, is my mom's brother. So it was not like, you know, Brad Pitt was at the house, but it was like, but like, you know, it was just the idea that actors are people and you should treat them like people, um, which I think has helped me in my day job work because I do work with people I've seen on television and stuff and you have to like not be fucking weird about it. Oh yeah, I've met. Other, I mean, I've met Robert Patterson in like a clothes shop, and we just shopped vaguely together. But it's just like caught by surprise. I will kind of just shout their name, and I, have I love that, that though. Way. That's that's endearing. If that were like your character trait on a sitcom, I would find it really charming. <laughs> Especially if your character ended up having to work in show business somehow, and then just would keep turning around and just be like James Corden, and like you would just say it, you know. <laughs> Tracy Ullman, look at you. You know, like it would be funny. That would be good. All right. So uh, today's Michaela question. Cole, what are you doing here? I, we almost booked her for a work thing. Uh, and I love her. She's, she's oh, well. Jesus Christ. She's stunning. She's stunning. Like, I don't know how I would have stood. Um, okay. Anyway. Um, we're now like, I, I've I've now kept you, like, you already said, forget the timer, because last time I really fucked up the timer. <laughs> my show, people, if you don't listen to my show, is really, really long, because I talk a lot, if you haven't noticed that, just from this uh, recording. But um, we're now about nine minutes into the raw audio here, and we haven't gotten to question one yet, and you had said, let's try to keep it to 20 minutes. So I feel like we probably, <laughs> I'm editing myself here and saying we should probably start doing it rather than just like because i could talk to you about celebrity encounter stories we've had for the next like 20 like i had dinner next to leah schreiber once and all i could think to say was i love your wife she's my favorite actress and because he was with naomi watts at the time and then i was like i should have said something about his work probably but i just you know i couldn't I love your anyway. wife. What a thing to say to Mulholland Drive is my favorite movie. I was like, I love your wife's work. She's my favorite actress. And he was like, thank you. He was really nice about it. But it's just like, he's also an actor. I should have thought of something like, you're great on Ray Donovan or whatever. But I've never seen mm, Ray Donovan. Well, I don't even know if Ray Donovan was on the air yet. This was a long time ago. Anyway, don't worry about anyhow, it. Okay, so on. you have five questions. I have five questions. All of them are kind of vaguely about the pods that we run and the questions. Uh, so why don't you, as the guest, kick us off and... Uh, ask me. We, I mean, it's sure. kind of open season. It's kind of open season on the questions. It doesn't mean you can't answer them also. But well, yeah, I think what we said was like, we're going to pose the question, then we're going to also try to answer it ourselves after the other person answers. Yeah, 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 yeah. So my first one for you, um, and this I'll have to think about a little how I'm going to answer it, but my show has a very set format. Like every week is one character and I don't repeat them. So yeah. how do you, as someone who has a show with different topics questions subjects every week go about choosing those topics for the episode um so i read i just read (laughs) (laughs) that's that's it that's my whole fucking answer no but like um, you take notes in the as you're reading the comics like here's something i should do an episode about or whatever like because i don't cover the current material as much my podcast is more about like the history yes uh so i kind of do i kind of do one passion read and then I'll see whether there's anything that really takes me. I, I, what I really didn't want to do, and I realized this like 
I think maybe like a month five or something, is that if I read the books specifically with the aim of extracting questions out of them, I stopped enjoying reading them. You didn't have fun, yeah. Yeah, I didn't, I wasn't reading them. So now I just do like a read. I, I don't For think sure. about questions. I don't think about the podcast. I'm just like, fuck, I love comic books. It's a new week. Let me sit down. Mm-hmm. Let me read all these books. And then if anything like jumps out at me and I'm like, fuck, then I'll like note down four or five questions about it. But then afterwards, after I've like read it and maybe like, you know, a couple of days have passed, then I'll go back. And usually because, because I have to make 12 or 14 questions at a time, it helps me if I can read four or five issues together at one time. Right. So then like I'll mass read them. I'll read them for fun once, wait a little bit, let them settle, then go back, read them all again in sort of like a more disjointed way and then pull a bunch of questions out. That's smart. That makes a lot of sense to me. For me, I think a lot of it comes down to, I mean, there's guest scheduling, right? Which is part of it. Because like for me, the characters are tied to guests. I usually talk to, I don't usually go out and seek a person for a such and such episode. There are a couple occasions where that's what I'm doing. But uh, like, for example, it took forever to get to Ilyana because I was trying to get Leah Williams to talk about Ilyana. Or uh, I haven't done Bishop yet. He's probably the biggest character I haven't done yet. And that's because I have a guest in mind and it's just been a scheduling thing um who was the apocalypse guest i can't tell you yet ah fuck all right cool i can't tell you yet but i've hinted at it to you before and i think it's gonna be fun okay okay cool um the uh the thing for me is like because i technically only cover each character once i want it to be a a timing that feels right so that is somewhat like prognosticating like i have to predict will this character be having a moment in six months or whatever when i'm scheduling things out but sometimes it's easier than other times and i move things around or like i was like well i better do forge because he got put on the x-men team for example and that was nice because doing a forge episode like technically i only do each character once but the forge episode is half a storm episode and a third a mystique episode because that's his deal right so i get to talk about the characters again each time um that said when people are looking up the show there's people who listen every single week thank god but there are some people who are going to pick episodes with the names on them of characters that they're specifically interested in so like i've talked about prodigy in other episodes besides the one you and i did together but i want the prodigy episode to hit at the the right time for us to be able to talk about a lot of stuff so that that's people's first port of call if they're looking for that character, you yeah. know? Um, so like, for example, when Firestar won the X-Men vote, everyone was like, are you going to do a Firestar episode? I'm like, well, not right now. Cause she hasn't been in the comic yet. <laughs> like, I want to see what Jerry does first. You know what I mean? Or like tempo who you and I were just talking about on my show an hour ago. Um, you know, when Tempo had her big glow up moment, everyone was like, when's the Tempo episode? I was like, here's the thing, guys. She's had like three stories ever. So I want to give her time to cook yeah. before I'm trying to analyze her whole, like, what does she mean in the franchise? I don't know yet. Like, if I had already covered Tempo, I wouldn't have been able to read whatever she's about to do in Bishop War College. And like in the solicits, we're going back to her father's evil clinic. Like they're doing Tempo stuff. So I would have been yeah. sad to do it beforehand you know so yeah, the, the character can see locks you it, it keeps you from being truly reactive. yeah yes and that's why i 
well, and especially because I have to do reading. Yeah. Beforehand. So like it's it's I can't just swap them around willy-nilly because you know i wouldn't say like i reread every issue of the x-men with that character for every week but i always um the uncanny the uncanny x-men.net people are the greatest people in the world they have for every character those issue checklists where it's just like here are like the 50 most important issues or fewer if it's a less important but like for storm for example there's like here's all of the most important things that have ever happened in storm's life with an issue number and i'm like thank god and then i get up marvel unlimited i start reading those so that the show would be impossible without those people and without the travis starnes complete marvel reading order which that guy is also like as an obsessive compulsive person that website is everything i ever dreamed of anyway point is i try to figure out when they're likely to be popular or when people are likely to be looking into them yeah. or whatever and then if there's a gap i look into filling it like for example i wasn't expecting juggernaut to be on the x-men vote roster i've covered the Same. other five characters who are on it this year already yeah. so i felt good about that but now i feel like i should have a juggernaut episode probably so that if people are looking for you know so Sometimes I'm rushing to catch up. Other times I'm waiting for the right moment. Otherwise I'm letting a character cook or I'm waiting for the right guest. Um, but we have things seem to work out. We have opposite challenges because you need characters to mature enough that you can cover them holistically. In in an, the yeah, in an interesting way, right. And sometimes my episodes are so reactive that they literally time out. Like they expire. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, our episode, our episode was like, will Lourdes Chantel get her agency back? And then a couple months later, baby, she did. So Ooh. yeah, like, I mean, I think it's still a good listen, but we're speculating about something that then happened pretty much immediately afterwards. Exactly. Like it's always this timing thing of like, I will put up, the more relevant the question is, the more likely it's about to get answered within the next fucking two weeks. Well, I get screwed sometimes because the episodes are long, so I record them a little bit in advance when I can. And also, there's some things I just can't predict. Like, I have a lot of friends now in the X office and at Marvel generally, or at DC, like doing this podcast. I already was friendly. Like, Kieran Gill and I have been friends for years from my day job. But uh, I've met a lot of people through doing this show who I'm now pretty friendly with. But they don't tell me, like, state secrets, you know? Yeah. Like, they're under NDAs. Like, they're not stupid. So... I sometimes just make a real fucking stupid prediction that then immediately is like the most infamous is in the cannonball episode with Zoe Tanel. I was like, just because they haven't announced it, it's crazy to think Hickman isn't doing another book after Inferno. He's not going anywhere. This is the most successful initiative in years. And like literally two days after the episode dropped, they announced that he was leaving. And I was like, <laughs> damn. The one that's, <laughs> that's the most infamous one. But the one that embarrasses me most is I was talking at one point about Thunderbird. Wait, 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 like, wait, isn't that a question? Is that going to be your, is that going to be the the answer to a question that we have later? Uh, yes, actually. Well, sort of. So well, I'll hold off. I'll hold off because you did tell me a, a question that that would go for. So I can maybe use that. Um, what's, what's, what's question two? Question two. Uh, well, you ask me one now. Oh, do you want to just go back? Okay. I thought we were going to go back and forth. Cool, yeah. Cool, cool. All right. So my first question to you is, who is your dream guest? I know you've had a lot of people on, but who's yeah. like who's like who's like the dream guest? Grant Morrison. Um, I I've spoken with Chris Claremont several times. Uh, I really love Chris Claremont. I don't know if my show's format, which is mostly talking about stuff written by other people, would be of interest to Chris. Claremont. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if I want to 
ha- ask him to come on and do that. Um, but maybe someday with it, he and I have, I mean, like he gave me his card. He's a really nice guy. Um, but he, uh, that that's one that people assume. And I'm like, I just want to, I don't want to have Chris Claremont on until I know what I'm going to do with a Chris Claremont interview opportunity. Right. Um, so the big one for me, I think would probably be Grant Morrison. Grant is one of my favorite writers around, like in any medium, I think they're a genius. I was of the generation to be reading new X-Men as it was coming out when I was in high school. And as a continuity nerd, I found it very, very frustrating at first, but uh, because Grant Morrison doesn't give a shit about X-Men continuity, but (laughs) as it kept going, I, found myself invigorated again in a way I hadn't been since I was younger because it was just so, so good. Um, a couple years ago at New York Comic-Con, uh, well, it was a while ago, I guess, because this is when they were uh, previewing Multiversity. So I'm yeah. just old. Um, <laughs> but uh, I got up to ask a question to Grant and uh, I asked about Renee Montoya, actually, because I liked how Grant had written her in something and I was like, will she show up? Because it was Greg Rekka had left the company and yada yada. And Grant was like, oh, you know, I love her, but she does kind of feel like Greg's character. So some of us get worried that we're going to write her wrong or whatever. Anyway, it was a good answer. He was like, they were like, I'll try to, you know, find a place for her. Anyway, um, but I said to them, I said, yeah, when I was 14, I wanted to be Emma Frost when I grew up. Oh. And they said to me, well, you're clearly doing a great job. And I was like, oh, thank you. Because I did not feel my Emma Frostiest in that day and moment. Um, but anyway, point sick, is, sick Grant is... I didn't feel my Emma fucking Frostiest. I was... Look, no, I, here's my... I, <laughs> no, like, listen, this, is a, this is a confessional episode, right? Like, I have an eating <laughs> disorder. I was in a heavier moment. I was feeling really bad about myself. It was just, like, yeah. a whole thing. So, you know, to be told, like, oh, you're doing a great job when I said, like, I dreamed of being this gorgeous queen that you wrote, it was, just, it was a nice pick-me-up. And then they signed my omnibus, which is, like, I will forever cherish that. Um, but they're they're sort of my my one because I would love to have them on just to talk about New X Men as such a complete reframing of the entire franchise because most of my show centers on the Claremont era, yeah. and then it would just be interesting. To, I mean, with some characters, obviously, like with Emma, it's mostly about Morrison because Morrison really revolutionized that character, but depending on where I'm going, usually I'm in the history and if the characters are older, I'd be interested in saying to them, what made you do that with Xavier, with Jean Grey, like these characters that had already existed, it would just be an interesting conversation. So I think that's my choice. Who's your dream guest? Oh, who's my dream guest? Okay, I there's people, as a way to cheat this question, I'm gonna give Uh you the, the Venn diagram that creates my perfect guest instead of actually saying names. Sure. I think anybody who has uh, played a mutant or been involved in mutants in such a way that it has affected culture massively and is either black, queer, or a combination. Which means that up there, within within that Venn, the the people who are in the middle of that Venn are Halle Berry and Ian McKellen. Oh, yeah, okay. Well, I was thinking. It'd be funny to have Zoe Kravitz on and read some Angel Salvador comics and be like, did they show you any of this? (laughs) (laughs) 
is. And yeah. she'd be like, wow, they sure didn't. Um, <laughs> you know, because none of this is in that movie. Children? Uh, eggs? <laughs> I'd love to talk to Halle Berry. Halle Berry seems so funny. and She's so a fascinating dumb. person, too. Such an interesting career. Such an interesting person. Yeah. Overall. Like, whenever she's interviewed, I'm always like, I yeah. want... Has she done a memoir? Like, she should, because I she bet it's should. interesting. I feel like she would be open about a being such a massive cultural influence to black people on screen to black women on screen at that time i think she'd also be open about the colorism issue of yeah. it also i think she gets it is the sense that you get i, I feel like ian McKellen, McKellen would also be funny and real and honest and open about i would talk to him about anything yeah he's not out and about so much but there was a time when you might have been able to bump into him I was about to say there was there was a time when you would have been able to do quite a bit with Ian McKellen uh, out where I'm sure. Let's pump all the bricks. <laughs> I'm not. I'm but no 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 disrespect. I'm no just saying. And I'm just saying that you could bump he into likes him. Old- That's all I'm saying. He's a little <laughs> older now, but he liked he liked. Remember when he won the Oscar and he brought like some 25 year old guy as his date? Um, a mess. Imma- like just immaculate like i mean, maybe he was like 30 it was just it was very clearly like a male model who was there as ian mckellen's date and i found that to be extremely funny that gandalf brought like an abercrombie model to the <laughs> but i think i think he'd be i think he'd be a, a, an amazing guest but anybody yeah anybody who's massively uh, affected culture i think anybody who's played a black mutant on screen but also like hickman and pepe Larraz, they all like mm-hmm. People who have defined the era that made this podcast the thing that I wanted to do uh, would be dream guests as well. Yeah, I've almost caught them all, like Pokemon style, the Crystal <laughs> Era writers. And I'm so close, and it does feel like, you know, eventually. I'll do you think there. the size of your do you think the size of the podcast and like the the, the momentum that Cerebrocast has got helps in that process? Or have you like devised a pitch that works? Um they just, I think that people have a good time doing it and then they tell each other that they had a good time doing it and then people feel comfortable doing it. Because the thing about interviews, particularly in comics fandom, which like, let's be honest, can be very hostile to creators. Yeah. Um, I think that there's a hesitation to do interviews because like fans can be mean and like, and right. also hosts can be trying to like get a gotcha clip. Like poor Alan Moore. I feel like every month someone has gotten like an out of context quote from alan moore to get clickbait and i'm like this is why he hates this because you keep doing this and you know so not that i'm gonna get alan moore on my podcast but you get what i'm saying like if you create a comfortable environment and you develop a reputation i guess for that then that is helpful but at the same time the fact that it's gotten pretty big is also intimidating i have some creators who are like oh i don't know if i want to do that just because it's the standard is hot like the expectations of how much reading people do and i'm like well but if it's a creator interview like i'm not expecting the same kind of interview as with like a super fan of a character but still there's just people who get in who um get a little nervous about that just because it's uh it's like a long show and it's one where we talk about a lot of stories over a lot of decades and sometimes that's just a daunting task you know yeah i i i see where you're coming from like i think I've often, I've speculated sometimes that the fact that this is very, very clearly about black and queer perspectives might alienate particular creators because they see that as more of a risk, as like more of a conversational risk than other places. 
Maybe. I wouldn't be surprised also, though, if some people didn't think that it was that, like, you know, when you say, like, this is a show about black and queer perspectives, I'm like, well, I'm, my white ass is on the show right now. Is that okay? You know what I mean? Like, so I I think that there's something where, like, I don't put myself forth for diversity panels, even though I'm gay and Jewish and whatever, like, because I would feel really strange sitting on a diversity panel. And I've been Mm -hmm. on, I was on one one time about diversity in publishing and I was just like, are there any other white people on this panel? And they were like, no, and you're the gay one. And I was like, okay, fine. That's <laughs> fine then. Because, you know, you don't want to take a seat that yeah. you feel like is not. So I think that it's possible that there are people who aren't aware you would want to have them on the show. And that's the, yeah, and that's the thing is that I, in some cases, I don't think that's a bad thing. Um, but then black and queer people don't only want to hear about of course right yeah no i just mean about the phrase that you were saying like maybe it was uh, you know i'm essentially the whole point is to just have a particular perspective just have a perspective that is grounded like a a black and queer perspective on the things that we all love do you know what i mean and so it's it's well that's that's part of why i even though like as we've talked about like i don't listen to other x-men podcasts typically because i don't want to get it's like it feels like looking at someone else's paper you know like i don't want to do that but i listen to occasional episodes of yours where it's something that like i don't think is going to be super germane to my podcast because it's really funny and also because i think that that's an important perspective like part of my show that i really i'm grateful for is the well you know what that might be an answer so we'll but there are times when i can't speak to everything right so it's important to me to also feel like i'm supporting black voices in the community female voices in the community trans voices etc so like i uh i think what you're doing is important i think it's an important lens to come to the work with and i think you know i my sense is that when you have reached out to people they've been game to come on so i would just say keep reaching out or like if you want like we can offline a little bit halle berry is not I can't get you Halle Berry, Halle but Berry you know, my call. <laughs> yeah, no, right. I meant, I meant of the, of the comics <laughs> yeah. writers and professionals. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, all right, cool. So go for it. Question. Yeah. Uh, next question. Um, what is your favorite episode of your show? Oh, fuck. Gotta pick um, one. I've, I have to pick one. You have to pick one. You can give me a top three if you really can't. Okay. Uh, fuck. There are so many. Uh, I I have favorite. I have favorite like moments mm-hmm. that are spread over every episode, and I. I this feels this feels unfair because the that's is- the that's why it's a hard question. <laughs> um, okay. All right. Top episodes. Um, who, uh, the one it's like, I love who, all my children equally. Now pick one. You know, like it's a hard <laughs> question. It's supposed to be hard. All right, fine. You fine. didn't tell me write some softball questions. <laughs> uh, Wesley, are our mutant supremacists now with Wes, which was um, a question that I was really passionate about. And I think we hit such good thoughts throughout yeah. it was like i i remember talking to him and be like fuck that's a good idea that's a good thought that's a great place to take this and when i listened to it back i was like fuck i didn't let the site down either 
<laughs> it was good. Like <laughs> I played it back and I was like, fuck, that was a strong one. Like, so damn, I, I'm good at this. That's always fun, right? When you're listening back and you're like, oh, wait, this is pretty good. Yes. I guess people like this for a reason and it's not like fake. That yeah. Like it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm like, oh, there's, there's another question about that. There's a the question about it. But um, okay, so that one was one of the ones. Um, I think the. Um, a, fu- a funny one, a one that I laughed, but I think there's one of the fuck marry kills, uh huh. Where we did, I think we we did like a fuck marry kill for like the quiet council or something. It was just ridiculous, <laughs> and like it was hilarious. That's one of my favorites. And then there's an episode that I did with um, Caleb, where we had like this ridiculous segment about Sobonar. And Sobhanar swimming in the ocean and like a, a white refrigerator, like swimming in the right. ocean and, and seeing like the pollution at the bottom of Namor's ocean. <laughs> like, a white refrigerator. And oh, it was not even stainless steel. My God. <laughs> so that, is that reminds me of actually life. one of my favorite moments from my show is is the moment where you and I are talking. This did make the Young Avengers fans a little mad at me, but we were talking about the marriage of Billy and Teddy and, you know, how I was like, I don't necessarily approve of marrying into space monarchy. And you were like, right, but we need to set our expectations to like, like, do you have, and I was like, yeah, do you have a condo? And you were like, but like a, a Nissan, like <laughs> you don't need to have a space throne. Like we're looking for a man that's, you know, accessible. Um, oh I yeah, no, they, 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 they came for my neck over Teddy. Well, you are provocative though. You, <laughs> you, you go and hit, I mean, I, I've, at this point, the Fantastic Four people have traumatized me to the point where I will no longer speak about the Fantastic Four because they are just relentless. They get real pissed. And I don't like really care about the Fantastic Four or have any strong opinions about the Fantastic Four. So it's not worth arguing about it. So I just don't. But um, you get into it with like the Wanda people and the Avengers people and like you're always rattling those cages. I rarely, rarely, rarely you rattle those cages. You screamed at like a month ago. It was like all day on the timeline. It was just like Avengers fans or some I don't even remember who it was but some non-X people were furious with you and I was like gosh well look (laughs) that's just the hell that is Twitter but that's why like I don't tweet that much anymore because it's demonic I I tweeted about um, Teddy and ah Jesus Christ Oh, that was right. You said that they were like assimilating or whatever, and it became anti-Semitism. Somehow, somehow. I speaking, speaking as a Jew, I did not think it was the (laughs) anti-Semitic. To be clear, I just, I didn't see, I didn't see that angle. But you know what? Otherwise, I'm not going to opine. Not my business. Not my ministry. I I have no opinions. No opinions on this wedding. I just thought they were a little young to be married because I'm 35 and single. That's all. They were calling us uh, gay spinsters. (laughs) <laughs> they, they were like oh, I know no. they were like wow just because you're an old maid I'm like babe gay marriage was illegal when I was the age of these characters <laughs> just because you're an old maid damn Gen Z comes at your fucking neck they are ruthless those TikTok kids and listen I love them for it yeah it wasn't look you know not everything is gonna be a hit up Listen, we all, we all, I, I, I could. I, we all fall down. The Fantastic Four thing really traumatized me. It was, I was like sexist for making fun of the 90s art of this woman that isn't real that was drawn by men. Oof. 
So, okay, question. Anyway, <laughs> questions. Well, when, before you post this, we're listening back to this because I've gotten a little <laughs> silly and I'm going to make sure that everything is something you can post. It's a Sunday. Wait. It's a long weekend. If we do this, I, I, I'm not editing out shit. I'm not removing a fucking word. All I'm going to do is long ass beeps. So... <laughs> okay, well, we can beep things. As long as you can just tell me, like, I can beep, like, second this to second that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Now it's oh, my turn for my favorite episodes. Um, I would say that my favorite bar none is the Candy Southern episode because it is everything that I think the show should be yeah. about, which is, like, this is my insane brain fixating on this character who's been dead since the year I was born and being like justice for this. It's a lot like what we just did for Astrid Bloom. That's going to be on my Patreon where it was just like someone save this woman from this narrative. That's so offensive, you know, like, and uh, I just, it made a lot of people passionate about the character who had never heard of her. And that's like the coolest thing that my show can do. Threnody was like that recently also in a way that was really special, but that owes to, my guest for that, my friend Jordan Block, just being one of the funniest people on the whole earth. Um, yeah. But anyway, uh, that one's probably my like total favorite, but I do, there aren't any I've put out that I'm like not happy with. And there are others that are really close to my heart. Like the Celine episode, which is the most popular episode of the podcast is the one that blew up on TikTok. So I have all these like younger fans now who came in from the TikTok, which is crazy because I don't understand TikTok. The Krakoa welcomes oh, artist yeah. runs it for me. Uh, and is like, makes the videos, runs the TikTok. I have access, but like, I don't manage the TikTok because I'm, 35. I don't know how to make a TikTok. I have an account that I'll like use. If someone says something crazy out of pocket in the comments, sometimes I'm just like, that's not what I said or whatever. Like mostly I leave it alone because I've, I'm always telling my clients and friends, like don't respond to hater comments. So like I I do it in a funny way. Like it was like Romulus actually isn't a mutant. I replied, Oh, who cares? Because truly who cares if Romulus is a mutant or not? Did you get my point that the character's fucking stupid or not? I mean, character's stupid. Anyway, I wish, that to say. I, I wish I hated the five claw gloves more. I is all I I'm saying. I, Ideologically, I, I, it's everything I should be against. It's so bad. <laughs> but I get what you're saying, but it's so bad. It's, it, there's a bit of me that's like, is this camp? I saw No, I well that's saw, like I get it because it's like it's like it's one step away from strife, right? It, but like strife to me is camp, whereas Romulus is just annoying. Wolverine feel it, it feel, Romulus feels like Wolverine drag. It, yeah, there is that. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. Now I need to re-exam I just don't want to reread the any high of that pony, shit. the overly long dramatic, long white high pony, the straight. No, you're not wrong. Well, and also like the vaguely Japanese vibes for no reason. Because it was, yeah, it was it's very Wolverine who also <laughs> is vaguely Japanese vibes for no reason, you know, like um yeah, no, that's a good, that's a good way. Anyway, I, there are others that are close to my heart for like different reasons. Like the Celine episode is, is super popular that way. The Magneto episode, which is probably my favorite like serious episode, yeah. um, is the one that really made the podcast blow up. Like that's Ezra Klein recommended it. It was just like a really, that was just big because my guest, Spencer Ackerman, he's a Pulitzer Prize winning journalist. He uh, he and Emma Narcissus co-wrote the Waller, the Amanda Waller versus Wildstorm Black Label series for like yeah. origin story that's about to come out next month. And uh it's going to be so fucking good. Um, but like, because of that, you know, like Tanahasi Coates listened to that episode, like really famous people listened to it. Jake Tapper retweeted it like from CNN. It was crazy. So uh, that was 
the moment there were a couple moments i think where like things really skyrocketed and that was one of them and i was proud that it was for something that i thought was important and something that was really personal to me because it was during like during covid i i'm ethnically jewish but was not raised in the religion and during covid i decided to pursue bar mitzvah and like mm -hmm. do the whole damn thing mm -hmm. uh, and i did and while i'm doing that I met Spencer and we're talking about this episode, which is heavily about the Holocaust and heavily about different Jewish reactions and, and contemporary Jewish issues and all of this other stuff mm -hmm. and my anxieties. And then, you know, six months later, Spencer was a guest at my bar mitzvah. So there's like a lot of special stuff tied up in the show for me like that. Uh, my, the most underrated ones I think that more people should listen to are the episodes on Tessa, AKA Sage and the episode on Sally Blevins skids, which is really funny. And people do not listen to that episode because they're like, who is skids? And I really do think that that episode is, is a treat. So more ah, people should listen if they haven't. That's nice. It's Jordan Bloom. He's my guest. He's so funny. He was the guy behind the Modoc animated show, and uh, he wrote that Age of Apocalypse Infinity comic. Yeah, uh, that just went out. He's he's hilarious. Cool. Um, okay, I've had I've, I have another question. Your turn for a question. Okay. All right. Cool. Um, what has this process of making a podcast about X Men? Was it taught you about yourself? About comics? About people? Generally, what's it taught you? I have learned that the best thing you can do creatively is to be radically honest about what interests you. So it's not just an X-Men podcast. It's not just a gay X-Men podcast. It's a gay X-Men podcast about literary analysis focused on witches and divas and gay icon women and stuff. It's so hyper-specific to my particular mental illness <laughs> that I, like, I, and I think leaning into that, like, it's funny. If you listen back to the first five or six episodes, mm -hmm. uh, I'm kind of doing a voice. Like, I'm kind of masking up a little bit. Oh. And it sounds in, it sounds insane now to listen to because it wasn't until like the show doesn't quite click. I, I like the first seven episodes a lot, but yeah. I think the show clicks at episode eight on uh, Iceman, which I was that was you know Anthony Lever is we used to date a long time ago, but like I was very comfortable chatting with him. Yeah, and also like queering out like be, just yeah. being a big old faggot like suddenly, and so once I had kind of unlocked that. Uh, and I wasn't just like, so in this story, what's really interesting, it, which like, it it's crazy. And and so it's that, I guess. And I also started sharing more about my own life on the show. And just the response to that has been really, um, I mean, I have an anxiety disorder. I, I'm very scared and worried about what people think of me. And so it's very hard to share that way and so what it's taught me is that the more of yourself you share the more of your idiosyncratic interests you're public about and funny about like people are drawn to authenticity mm. um and so pose less be more you know mm. wow okay what about you all right all right tears okay honesty what right. you asked a question all right heartwarming <laughs> <laughs> um what is it to, ay, shit um ay, 
I was going to say that I say like too much. Fuck's sake. Now I feel like I have to have something but good. But it's a good answer too. <laughs> I've learned that I, I do a lot of and this and that and this. I cut the word and from so many like because I find that I've said it like six times in a row or I love an adverb like truly insanely <laughs> regretfully that's not what happened like i do it a lot and i think that's like i think that's like a new yorky thing like it's just yeah. like i truly cannot believe it but it is something i do a ton and people now will like parody me in the comments of the posts and whatnot and just be like they'll just say things like this story is truly insane um <laughs> because it is you know but you learn things about yourself that way and eventually you get more comfortable hearing yourself speak and that's oh, kind God. of nice too that fucking transition. When you said that you you spent a couple of episodes like changing your voice, I so feel that. Yeah. Because there are certain episodes. Have you have you got certain episodes where you're like, this is the version of me that I like to hear? Yes. Um, and then, well, I also have different modes though. So it depends. Like the spiral episode is just like me and Jordan being just like homosexuals. So <laughs> it's a different, there's like, there's a different register there, right? Yeah. Um, then when I'm like, let's talk about the history of civil rights in Ukraine yeah. or what, you know, like in terms of generally, like there are a few episodes where I listen back because I mean, I do a lot of editing. Um, yeah. And so I, I've heard myself speak a lot now and there are some of them like, I sound so smart. And then there are others where I can hear that I was less secure in like the point I was making or the, like, that's what started to get weird. It's like, I can hear, I'm like, me, you're not convincing me right now. Yes. I can hear. Oh, that you're, yeah. That's so sick. Like, I, I hate, I hate that. Cause I think it's so weird to know, to, to stand uh, simultaneously in front of the mic and behind it. To mm -hmm. know what you were trying to say, listen to it back and be like, nothing of what was in your head made it to that particular part of the podcast. Yeah. That was, that or was like, you said that so not correctly, or like, you just, you, you didn't, what are you trying to communicate right now? Yeah. And I have to think back to like what I was trying to say, or I can even hear it if like in the moment when I recorded it, I'm like, oh yeah, that was the moment when I was like, not sure if I was right. And you could totally hear it in my fucking voice. Things like this. So that's always kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, I, I can be like, I, so I, okay. So what it taught me, I think it taught me, it taught me about the value of community like a lot of because because my podcast is so short, I meet people a lot more frequently than I imagine you do. Like you've got sure, you yeah. With people, and whereas I'm meeting, like I sit with and you, like yeah, lots and lots because you can do so many episodes, yeah. even like in one. Day. I mean, I remember when we did it, you were like, "I've got another one at full." So if we could do this early, oh, or whatever, you know, don't do, don't give me an accent, like. <laughs> I'm I i can't, I, I'm not going to do your accent. That would be an insane thing for me to attempt to do. So I was just going a little British with it. I was just a little British. Just going to get you know. Oh well, um, okay. I've been I've been added to the to the Connor the Connor accent roster. No, it's not. It's not you. It was just a different British person. I promise. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, I, I've 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 I think I've learned about the value of like community and how recharging it is because I. I made this because I read so much analysis and listened to so many like podcasts and read so many magazines about X-Men and there were no, I wasn't hearing. I felt like I was, I was spending 90% of my time listening to 20% of the perspectives. Mm -hmm. And it was so, it was such a struggle for me to find people who read the comics in a similar way to I 
to, to the way I did, but also in ways that I couldn't anticipate or see, you know? And this process has like introduced me to so many incredible people who are so like funny and smart and uh, and incisive and quick and witty. And it's it's been like re- hugely like re- reaffirming, but also like refilling in that process. No, I, I get that completely. Like I know that you, like me, have a Discord server and yes. like I can't tell you how that's the only social media I want to use anymore, really, is like the Discord server full of people who want to be there to talk about the same stuff. I'm like, this is so it, it makes me feel like we're back in the day of like message boards and live journals and things like where you weren't just constantly standing in the public square screaming at a million people who are also screaming at you simultaneously and then like an algorithm tells you which things to read like that it's hell we need to stop doing this (laughs) (laughs) Um, about about me i think there's um it taught me to slow down i think the first the first couple of episodes i listened and um i learned that sometimes i'm too i'm too stuck on a point i would edit things back and the hardest the hardest part sometimes of listening to myself back was being like you're not listening, Ash. Like I'd re- I'd, li- I'd listen to it and I go. Someone would say something immense, like immensely important or like hugely clever, and, and you continue whole... the point you were making. Yeah, I was already saying something. I was already on track, and so I was like da 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 da. And I, I, li- it's it's heartbreaking to go back and see these gems that you missed in the moment. And so, like, I changed the way that I did episodes. I. I used to sit down and like make notes and write my questions, but then I also like would formulate my own answer to the question right. before I entered. And then I realized that it was, it was becoming like this, this sort of this like conflict of not even conflict. Yeah, that's right. I, I don't usually, I used to do the same thing. Like I would have like points I wanted to raise and I don't do that anymore because I found that I want to let the guest raise points that they want to raise. And my job as the host is to steer the conversation. So that's why some episodes are really long because it can take us longer to get to the finish line. But that's because I'm not like, if this thing we're talking about right now is part of the mental groove of my guest, I'm not trying to disrupt that. I'll just try to get us back on topic if, like, I realize we've tangented for 20 minutes or whatever, you know? But yeah, you, I, you do have to follow their lead a little bit. You do. And that's a luxury that you, that's a luxury I don't have. Like, a, uh, a, a tangent well I shouldn't have it they just keep getting longer and people <laughs> keep listening so you know I'm trying I mean I think you know apart from ones where I'm like this one's gonna be big like I'm trying to to be better about that in 2023 I just yeah. as I'm going up to 100 I don't want to change anything about the show I want to get to like episode 100 it's like that's a complete arc before I start thinking about anything like, do we need to do less Q and a, do we need to do that? Like right now I just want it to be pure, you know? Yeah. I'll see that. I, f- I feel like because my, because the episodes are short, I've like hyper innovated. So I've got like mm-hmm. read along, I've got read along episodes. I've got. Yeah. You've first, got much more of a variety of stuff going on. Yeah. I've got like versus episodes. I've got this, I've got that. Cause, cause I can rack up episode numbers way faster than you can. So I feel like you right. can sit through 80 of my episodes. If it's the same thing, it can get a bit like dry in your mouth after a while. So no, it, this will be like, I'm going to oh. drop episode 100 around the two and a half year anniversary of the show. Oh, nice. Um, but okay, yeah. I, but other than that, yeah, it taught me. Yeah, it taught me about community and the value of that. I'm really feeling the warmth of it. 
Uh, it taught me about pacing and like slowing down and letting other people. It also taught me that I say right in a way that I didn't enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> I've learned a lot about my accent. I'll tell you oh, that for free. Oh my God. I've, I've eliminated certain phrases and habits completely out of my speech. Because you're like, that sounds accent. horrible when I say it. Yeah. I just used the word horrible on purpose as an example of a word <laughs> that sounds very garish when it comes out of my mouth. Or like things that I've learned all the things that sounded like uh, fine in my head, but come off as deeply sarcastic. Like sometimes I used to well, go, oh, okay, also, yeah. That's just also like if you're communicating with Americans, we just don't trust that British people aren't making fun of us because <laughs> usually you are. So it's just like something we have to be always on alert for. Like, is this, are they making fun of me right now? Is this a bit? Because I'm not as, I'm not as quick. We're just not as quick that no, way. Listen, I, I fucking get it because I said, I used to be like, hmm, that, yeah, that's really interesting. And I used to say that genuinely, like, I, I don't. Oh, that's what I just got a note on is that people heard that as condescending. And I was like, no, I'm being an active listener. When I go, mm-hmm, like I'm listening. I'm registering to you that I'm listening. But apparently to some people, it came up as me being like, hurry it up, bitch, which is like not how I meant it. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's good to get, like, I've, I almost prefer when other people tell you the interpretation, you didn't hear it. Right. No, I'm like, oh, well, that's good for me to know. I'll try to mm-hmm less. <laughs> Yeah, but the worst <laughs> is when you listen to it back and it hits you. Like, I well, to I'll it tell you what, the next one I edited, I was like, oh my God, there's an a um second in this fucking show. I really didn't, I, I had not even noticed them before. I was like, I just, I was just, no, because you know what that is actually, because you also have ADHD. What I'm doing is I'm, I'm stressing to the person that I'm paying attention. Yeah. And it's yeah. like in some way of focusing for me, you know, like of being like, I'm engaged in this moment right now. So yes. it was not in any way meant to be to tell them to hurry up. It was to tell me to fucking listen to them. Uh, mm. But, you know, if it sounds rude, then I'm going to do it less. So, yeah, yeah, you learn that. things like that. Okay. Um, all right. cool. Cool. Next question. We're, we've, we're almost an hour now. Jesus Christ. We, yeah. we gotta, we, I think we should do four maybe instead of <laughs> like, like do eight instead of 10. You get what I'm saying? Or so what I was going to say, you know what? Maybe we should like fast, just speed up the, no. Speed up the answers. Speed yeah, up the answers. No, you know. So, well, one of them, we my next one, we just already kind of answered, which was like, what has been the most special part of this experience? But what I would say, uh, like, you just kind of already answered that a little bit. No, 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 but no, 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 no. What would you say, like, to that specific question? Meeting people in real life. That has been the special part. The fact, no, there's a couple of special parts. I think all the relationships that have been built from X of Words is the things that, like, I cherish so deeply and the things that make me smile quietly to myself randomly like middle of the day i'll be on the train and i'll think about the fact that i've been to san francisco to meet people from the podcast or they've been to toronto yeah. to meet each other or that there are best friends that have happened from this podcast and there are there are people that Couples that have met because of my podcast yeah it's, crazy. That's, it's that's super cool like it's it's insane and like i'll be i'll be stand, just know that i somewhere i'm standing on the fucking met line cheesing to myself because people have connected through this random yeah. thing but that you did for fun like it feels so cool and weird and good it, yeah yeah that's that's my favorite that's my favorite i was gonna say something i guess a little something there's that like the community that I've been able to foster on that Discord server I'm really proud of. And that owes to the moderators uh, who have become some of my closest friends. And like a few of them were people, the people who I started with were people I already knew. Yeah. But then there were a few people who it was like, this person would be the best hall monitor. So if you're listening, you know, you know who you are. No, Khaled's one of them. Like I didn't know Khaled before I did the show and we've become really, really close. 
uh, and he just met one of the other moderators at his exhibition this weekend. So like, you know, it's, it's just cool to see all of that growing out. But um, for I mean, me, Khalid, the Lisbon- Khalid is the, Khalid is like the thought for Thanos to our infinity stones because it's true. Me, 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 um, uh, Caleb and uh, Darwin went to go and see Khalid in Brighton. So love that. All, I've never been to Brighton. Yeah, we all walked around I'd Brighton to go. for a day, hanging out, and it was amazing. That's super fun. Uh, I yeah, but the the most special part, though, I think, um, is. I didn't have a lot of gay role models growing up and I don't want to be a role model. I don't see myself as a role model. I prefer to be uh, very direct about, you know, all the things I don't love that much about myself because I think that's more interesting than than trying to pretend to be some ideal. So the word role model is always tricky, but my point is just, I didn't have like elders in my life really who were gay. And it was because we were growing up and we're about the same age. Like it was right after the AIDS crisis. So there was a whole generation that was just kind of gone. And the thing that's been most special to me is just how many young people, you know, college students, high school students, people who are a little older, but um, are, are more newly emerging into their truth, whatever it may be, uh, reaching out and just saying like, I came out to my mom because I listened to your podcast and I thought it would be okay or something you know, like things like that, that, yeah. uh, cause that's like, that's just, that's an impact on a human being's life that I never thought I would have ever, you know what I mean? So that's just like things like that where it's like, um, you know, uh, I, I feel comfortable for the first time doing X, Y, Z, or like I'm feeling better about being gay or, you know, whatever like that. I, I just, I never thought I'd be in a position to do that. And it's something I take really seriously. That's why I just like went on a nervous, like 30 second tangent about the definition of the word role model. Cause it's just like not something, yeah. I, I, but you start to worry. You're like, am I setting a good example if I'm influencing these, these people? And you know, I don't know. It's just, but that's, that's- been really special is just knowing that I've helped people in whatever ways quick shout out to every every black person who's hit my dms saying that they enjoy and or are grateful for the space that x of words has created or the people that it's helped connect them to because those are like you know when you know sometimes when you think that maybe you've run out of things to say or maybe it's run its course um, yeah those are the things that convince me i'm wrong because, That's what it's all about, right? It's like you're creating something that people need and that they love. Yeah. And it's because it's it's because you see them and they see you and it's a different it's just different. It's it's there's nothing like it and I never expected any of that. But um yeah. yeah. It's really special. Okay, all right, next question. Uh next one's you to me. Oh, uh, okay. All right. Uh quick fire in 30 seconds or less. Tell me what the tell me what your ambition is for Cerebrocast. Blue Sky, what is it? Blue Sky, I would love to 
do it until it runs its course because you know there's only so many characters but eventually transition it into something else i'm trying to build out kind of a, a little podcast empire i guess i'm uh, alex abasantos and i it's i've been busier than i thought i would be so it's taken longer but uh, we're doing a rewatch of ally mcbeal that's going to be funny like that's just totally unrelated to the x-men i want to see if like if this community I've created would be interested in other things that I do also, because that could yeah. be fun and that could be interesting. And that is something that could have a huge longevity. Uh, my ambition is to do stuff like this as my primary source of income, which is already starting to happen, which is um, crazy. And I would say like the big blue sky thing is I would love to, you know, Jay edited and wrote a really great, Marvel issue and uh, I would love to get an opportunity to write for the company or, or for DC but like Marvel is the one I really grew up with but I'd love a chance to play um, and doing this show has made me get really passionate about the medium of comics again and I'm working on my first like original project as a writer uh, that hopefully will be shopping soon and you know you never know what could happen but it's made me really creatively invigorated again. I'm done now. How long was that? <laughs> you, almost, <laughs> you almost had it. <laughs> you almost had it. It was good. I was so close. I was looking at the clock. <laughs> Not a math gay. I counted wrong, I guess. Um, uh, okay. I'm, I'm, How about you? What's your blue sky ambition? Besides uh, brunch with Halle Berry and Ian McKellen. Um, I would love to broaden this out. I read so much more than X-Men. Mm -hmm. and i would love to have uh i would have love to have like an a sort of x of words for image for that'd be so cool uh, you should absolutely do that yeah branch out into other start, start do an experiment like you should try try a couple bonus episodes maybe but like release them publicly that are like this is you know whatever pun you come up with for the Avengers or for the Justice League <laughs> or whatever it is, you know what I mean? And and see see how people respond because the X fandom is very specific, but there's more overlap than you would think, uh, yeah. thankfully. And I think, I think the perspective that you're bringing to this stuff is really important. And I think it would be to the benefit of the hobby for you to be doing it on more subjects and franchises. Yeah, I think I'd... I'd um... I don't know. There's a couple of people that I was thinking about co-hosting something with, um, but mm -hmm. also uh, I've done some interesting like video stuff so far. And so oh. I think like a move to YouTube and video stuff might be. Quite... You are a handsome fella. I think you could do that. <laughs> uh, thank you. Thank you. I'm getting, I have to learn to accept things like that and not like do my I'm teaching you now that's no negative self-talk right now I gave paid you a compliment and you just accept that <laughs> it's, a, it's a there you bro, go you're bro, welcome bro thank you um but yeah we'll see what we'll see what happens with that um but yeah I mean if you see me uh interviewing Halle Berry on YouTube about black gay nerd shit <laughs> across the board it's just, it's, that, that's really smart though is what you're looking at as an achievable goal that grows out that's what i'm saying about how like i'm trying this other project that's totally unrelated but still pop culture commentary to see like 
do people like X-Men or do they like me or both? But like how much of it is portable, right? Yeah, and yeah. how much will people be interested in stuff I do that has nothing to do with Storm and Cyclops and Wolverine? Like how will they will they care? And that's and part of the exciting part of the process is branching out and seeing what people follow you to. Yeah. Okay. Um, your question. Okay. Um, what is something that you wish the listeners understood about the process of making the podcast? Ooh. Um, how... how grateful I am for all of the jokes and humor that inspire the shitty bits. Like I, I actively don't enjoy sound editing all that much. It's yeah. the, it's the bit I have to, like, I find the episodes funny to listen through, but that's the bit I kind of have to gear myself up to do. Well, it's it's an ADD nightmare. It's really because it 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 takes a long time. It does. Like it, it's it, it's and it's part. so finicky. Like you really have to be paying attention. You really do, and you've been in that conversation already. So it's not it's not even like you've got right. The, so it's not, not like fresh and new, interesting yeah. information. It's you had this conversation not long ago. You know. So yeah, and it's and sometimes it's this grueling process, like of finding out that. Mm, you just weren't funny that day or like you just weren't smart that day (laughs) those are the brutal ones listening to yourself i'm going actually that's not funny oh gosh this is not that great a bit that i just really (laughs) stuck to for like 20 minutes here and it's just not that funny is it great cool (laughs) do i cut it or do i leave it like that's the thing too you're like oh "Mm." god yeah oh the, the, the uh, ego, the ego, the ego, the ego, added. because you have to be able to laugh at yourself and be like every, like if I spent all my time editing my podcast so that I only ever sounded smart, I oh would my lose Jesus my Christ. mind because you can't, you have to stop thinking about that at a certain point. You have to. And like sometimes shit, I say shit and it just falls flat and I'm like, yeah, you know what it is? Yeah, uh, it is yeah. Sandbag is. that. We're moving on. You know, like, <laughs> what are you going to do? Um, uh, what do I? Pe- I wish people knew. No, no, people's. I think all the, all the, all the fun and all the, all the ways that people have joined in on this because I do a lot of shit that's like collaborative. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you do a lot of like prompts and things, and yeah. like, I don't really do that because Twitter stresses me out. But you have a very, you always have like a very active conversation running. Yeah, and that is so fueling and fun, and that drives me so I, I i wish people knew how much of a part they played in motivating this thing that is such a diplomatic answer to the question what do you wish the fans understood about this po- uh, process <laughs> i love look at you you're a diplomat you are a politician you are correctness pageant queen no i love it i'm just kidding you turned it into a compliment about them which i was like that's genius um I love that. I was going to say, uh, I'm not sure if people don't understand this, but it's the, it's the anxiety that's in my head is like whenever I fall behind and I fall behind a lot because my show is really complicated and has a lot of moving parts and is long. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get really guilty. And then uh, I'm like, well, 
they have to understand that I have a full-time job and I produce the podcast myself and I edit the podcast myself and I book the guests myself and I record it in my apartment, not in a studio. So if there's an acoustic problem, that's something I now have to deal with because that's just, you know, whatever. But the point is it's extremely, extremely time consuming. And I get really stressed and think people are going to be upset with me if I don't release on like a regular basis. Yeah. Um, And this has become so important to my life to how I make my living that, yeah. uh, you know, I, I get very stressed. And then the Spotify wrapped happened and it was like, you release more content this year than 99% of all content creators on our podcast channels. I was like, Oh, right. <laughs> okay. Uh, and I mostly do it for free. Right. Okay. I should, never mind. Like I, I, I should, I need to release that. I, I, it's the Patreon content that I do actually feel guilty about when I fall behind on it because yes. they're paying customers. Yeah. But at the same time, the Patreon content like can't quite come first because if the regular show hasn't updated in like two weeks, that's what the ads are in is the regular show. So like that has to be coming out on a regular basis because it has sponsors who are paying for airtime. Right. Um, okay. So Yeah. Okay. It's just a lot of moving parts. That's, I guess, what I wish people understood. And I, I think maybe they do, and I'm just afraid that they don't. They so, probably, they probably you do. know, and also, I like, think I just give myself a hard time. I worry. I, the thing about obsessive compulsive disorder is, like, you are always worried that you're going to do, like, one thing that makes everyone abandon you forever. Like, it's like, that's the obsessive thought. So I'm just always worried, like, oh, my God, I missed the thing this week. They're all going to drop their subscription. You know, like, I, I, I tend to toward catastrophic thinking like that. And I'm I just move past that. No, I get that. I feel that. I do feel that sometimes. Like, I... um. Yeah, it's, it's weird, and I can't even imagine what it's like on your scale because your your podcast is like eight times the size of any podcast that I know. So that must be huge. Like I lost a hundred followers the other day. I was like, "Fuck, did something happen?" Right? Yeah. I mean, I, I it's um, it's kind of scary. Like I, I mean, I'm very very grateful, obviously, but uh, sometimes like the sheer like I look at the numbers and I get very stressed like i yeah. post an episode and like within two hours ten thousand people have downloaded it and like that suddenly i'm like i hope this was good because ten thousand people are listening to you, you know like that's that's like that's a lot of people to suddenly yeah. be like yeah. worried about their their thoughts on it and i you know i i i've gotten that's gotten easier with time um but when it first really got big kind of suddenly around like episode 15 which was that magneto episode it was a really startling adjustment process yeah. just like being aware of how many people were not only like listening to me talk but also like having an opinion about what i say like that's the idea that anyone cares what i think about comic books is still crazy to me because yeah. this is just like the nerdy shit that i'm obsessed with that my mother would always be like that's nice like how about your math homework you know like so yes i didn't my dad refused to accept that this was a thing that he would talk to me about until he found out that there was a Patreon. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, it makes money? Right. Like, Wait, no. People are, you make, there's money involved uh, in this? And then yeah, look, Trust me, I moved out of their house people. from this podcast. So, hey, like, no, I mean, because I was, I was saving up to move. And then it was like, oh, guess what? Your timeline just shortened. Like, because you have a Patreon and people like your show. That's crazy. This yeah. can make money. This can, like, that, that was a game changer. But, um, 
And I've had a lot of fun conversations with my parents along those lines. My dad, luckily, you know, he's the he was a comic book collector himself, and that's how I got started in all this stuff at an early age. So he was at least like, how interesting. But they were both much more interested when it was like, oh, and yeah, parents are you're like- not asking us to cover the phone bill. Great, cool. <laughs> like you know, you're you're 32. You should probably stop doing that. I'm like yep. I'm not dying to anymore. It's the family plan. <laughs> there is uh there's going to be another one hold on what's what's your question what's is it your oh um uh yeah uh i was oh it's sort of related it's it's what keeps you doing this because it is so much work but like what keeps you going um sometimes it's a bit of a sometimes it's a little bit of a challenge actually um yeah, it's, it's hard. There, I get burned out. That's why between seasons I do like a month hiatus because I need it or I will lose my mind. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I sometimes it's hard. Like, I, I think with you, you've got the character thing gives you material. Mm-hmm. Like, you've got a character, and it's like, right, okay, and there's your deep dive. Uh, but with 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 these, shorts, you have to be more creative week to week. It's it's not even. I don't even think it's creative. It's just generative. And generative, like, yeah. Like you have to be brainstorming more yeah. topics to talk about, and because the episodes are so short, you have to come up with like twenty of them at a clip, you know. Yeah. And the the point is, it's sometimes I don't care. Like sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I will, sometimes yeah, sometimes I'll read a comic book. I'll be like, okay, that's fine, <laughs> and there won't be a thought in my head about it. Or like you know, I I was I was having a renovation and. Um, the job has been fucking stressful and that's been a whole fucking error. And all of those things fuck with your ability to like zone into comics or like deeply care in, in the way. And sometimes I feel super guilty about that because I look at the stuff and I'm like, has it got, has it got worse? Have I gotten less creative? Have I lost mm-hmm. things to say? Was I, cause you know, this, it was, it was the kickoff of the Krakoan era that sparked so much in me. No, I mean that's why I start. Like it was, it was a combo of I was going stir crazy with the COVID lockdowns, and I was reading X Men comics again. Like I was fully yeah. in, and in a way that I hadn't been in a very long time because they exactly. were so good. Yeah, and I just, I just, I was like, like, oh my god, the X Men comics are good. Yeah, what the fuck? And now, I, now all I wanted to do was talk about my best friends, the X Men. It was like, oh my god, guys, wait, no, it's good. You should read now. Like you never, you always said, what if? Where do I jump on? Like right now, right now is when you jump on. Do it right now. It's so good. And people did. <laughs> Listen, I so deeply feel where you're coming from. But if you did that particular screen with your parents, I get why. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> they were like, no. just, that was such an exciting moment, and it still is. Like this era that has so many new readers coming in, it's so yeah. hard to do that in comics. It is. It is. And like, it, what keeps me doing it? I, I I wondered because afterwards, it that 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 sort of honeymoon period fades a bit, and then sometimes you know whether you've there was a, there was a little bit of a depression spell, <laughs> and it sometimes it 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 robs you of your your ability to like enjoy things or mm-hmm. be generative about them and sometimes i would read a book and there would be nothing and i just like 
close it. And then on top of feeling bad, I'm feeling like... You're also like, and what's my content? Shit. It's not even what's my content. I'd be like, fuck, man. I, I haven't posted anything for two weeks. Jesus Christ. Mm. And like, So then you feel on top of like a bit gray and a bit under the cloud. You then also feel like a bit of a disappointment for being gray and under the cloud. Right. And it's And that's why I'm like... It's compounding. Well, that's what I say. When I fall behind, I get like really guilty about it. And then that makes it take longer for something to come out. Yeah. Anyway, because now I'm stressed about that, which is making me work slower because, oh, guess what? When you have ADHD and an anxiety disorder and like you get stressed, it's harder to focus on stuff. (laughs) Like, funny how that works. Yeah. Right. So, you know, stress things. Like, yeah. I'm just going to sit and watch like 12 hours of Real Housewives because I need to not do anything related to any of my work right now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And like, that's why, that's why I think like then somebody will like send me a tweet about like gambits pokemon or <laughs> or something do you know what i mean or some some yeah. dumb shit about like who would be cast as like emma stone being cast as storm or something and i i'll holler in my living room and i'll be like oh no it's fun it is fun there's fun in there yeah it's it's like i think part of it for me is uh, and what keeps me doing it First of all, I'm a completionist. So like I now do feel like I do need to cover everyone and yeah. I would be upset if I left the tome unfinished on some level. Um, but that aside, it's that there is a real joy that comes of share. Like this is why I got so excited moments ago when we were talking about the Krakoa era reinvigorating the franchise. There's something really special about sharing this thing that I've always loved with people who don't know it very well and then watching them fall in love with it and then seeing how much it makes them happy the way that it makes me happy. And even in different ways, like seeing people who are new to X-Men comics pick up some obscure character I talked about who I don't even care about that much, but suddenly is like their favorite character and they're making fan art. And I'm like, look at that. Like there's something so exciting about sharing yeah, uh, And that's why I love that, I mean, both of our shows are like this. The fact that it's a guest-driven show with different people yeah. uh, really adds to that because I do always feel like something new and exciting is being shared. You're right. And that sharing is also, I think, what keeps me doing it. I mean, I, I say sort of, sort of, you know, offhand stuff about like, uh, you know, it's the, it's the memes and it's the this, it's that. It's also all of, it's also all of the black and queer people and all of the friends, those people that have become friends and people that have traveled across like the ocean to come. And Oceans, to yeah. And those are the people like the FaceTimes that I have with, guests who are friends now where we just don't we don't even talk about episodes you know do you know how many fucking times we've booked us i've booked a slot with somebody and we've recorded nothing nothing well listen we i mean we 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 put chit-chatted for like a half an hour before we got to the fucking questions here like it's easy to do when it's someone you like that's the thing you know like there's like i joke i joke in the discord that, that there's a much better podcast before and after I press record. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And there's also like, there's also all of the stuff 
that's like nowhere near, because now you talk to these people all the time right yeah. and so you'll have a conversation where you're like wow that's a really genius point i wish i said it on my fucking podcast <laughs> and you don't want to like and like what i said about being authentic is really important so you don't want to just be like so a thought just occurred to me like <laughs> you know yeah it, it has to be organic and you're like oh shit like there's a whole episode there that nobody got to see because it was just me and my friend having lunch yeah also do you do the thing uh have you still managed have you found a way to be your absolute authentic self as soon as you hit record um i think the patter that i do at the beginning helps me get into like i do the and there's like a little bit and by the time i'm done with that i'm kind of like eased in a little bit like because you want to be on but you don't want to be fake like you want to be you but on um i would say it usually takes me after that like well it depends on the guest like i was completely at ease the second we started talking because i know you if it's a new guest it's uh, even if it's someone i know but we haven't recorded together before there's always that like it takes longer for me to sort of ease into it because i'm Again, like I want to let the guests steer the episode to some extent. Yeah. So I'm trying to get a feel for like their conversation style, the pace of how they speak, because I can also get very interrupty. It's just like, yeah. I, I'm like, it's very Jewish, Catholic, New Yorker kind of thing to like, it's called collaborative overlapping and, or cooperative <laughs> overlapping. And uh, it's not interrupting it's not rude it's that i'm excited and we're having a conversation together rebranding um, action baby <laughs> yes well but but, but, I, but yeah. <laughs> one of the things about listening back to yourself though is i was like oh i do get interrupty and then you start trying to curb that you know what i mean like so yeah. that's a growth process too but mm. i would say with guests i am already aware of like how do i have a conversation with this guest that sounds good on recorded audio yeah then i'm much more comfortable much faster with whenever the guest is someone i haven't recorded with before i take more time to be like okay now i feel like i'm in it because i feel like we've established a rhythm okay yeah i i I still i feel like when i jump on the mic i like there's a there's like a host bit that kind of turns on yeah well because it is like a show and you want to like have yeah like here's the and now your show you know like you can't avoid that and because of the time pressure as well i i feel like that yeah, what's that like? I don't I, know. <laughs> My don't, time pressure is I'm like, this recording is getting perilously close to six raw hours. We have to stop talking. <laughs> no, mine is like the, it has to, it's kind of necessarily punchy. So right, yeah. The, the, I can't. You're thinking about pacing the whole time too. Yeah, yeah, I can't digress too far. I, and there's like a, there's, yeah, there's like a, a sort of management bit of like, how do we get, how do we get what we need to talk about in this time? How do I not jump in too much or spread, spread it out too much or um, digress too much in this way? Um, and I, 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 and I wish I could turn that off. And I think that's why the extra episodes are okay. I, I think the 10 minute episodes get better. The more I do with a particular guest, because all of the variables, other things start to settle down. Like I know who they are; they know who I am. The we know what our our, our sort of vibe and cadence is. They understand the time constraint, and then you just there's a stride and a rhythm that you pick up. But otherwise, I, I think like the extra words, which never go, you know, it's never like three four hours an episode, but it is like maybe an hour and a half or like maybe forty minutes, and those are the ones where like. 
the magic is built. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what I don't think you can get in a in a in a like a 10, 15, 20 minute episode. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Well, speaking of time pressure, I'm looking at it and we're about to hit 90 minutes, which is nine times the length of your podcast typically so i feel like we probably should start drawing to a close unless you want to talk specifically for 120 minutes because then it's never mind no 100 minutes is what i meant again not a math gay wow um like i said no if you wanted to talk for exactly 100 minutes because then that would be x of x of words but uh i don't know i'm 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 feeling i'm feeling good I love a Foreman content moment, but I... All right. All right. Go, go for it. Next question. Okay. Um, we'll, race, we'll race to 140. You're, it's your turn. Give me oh, one. Okay. Uh, cringiest podcast story. Oh, my God. Right. Um, so... what? Hmm. Oh, you cut me off about one earlier, and I forget now. But um, I would say that... It's collaborative overlap. Well, right. Yes, that is. That there's. It is. I'm not. I, I would like no notes, please. Thank you. Uh, no, that there is a great moment. And this is like I did cringe listening back to it, but it's so funny that I had to leave it in. There is that moment in the spiral episode where um, I'm talking about that exact thing and. Uh, we're just like, no notes, no notes, because we had had like a couple cocktails at that point. And it's just, it's funny. Because I do, obviously, I then immediately clap. I'm like, if I said something like really offensive, like give a note, you know, I'm like, I'm like I don't mean like, no, no. I just mean like, you know, don't, don't complain that I like read too much or that like I got a little interrupted. Like get over it. Like do you like me or not? Listen to my show or don't. You don't have to listen. I won't be mad. I'll be sad, but I won't be angry. You know what I mean? Um, but so, yeah, uh, there's that. But mostly there have been moments where I just fully blank out. And I edit these out usually, but it's a moment where, like, I cannot think of an issue number. Yeah. Or... I say something completely backwards and then I have like a really cool, uh, like it's like when Emma did X, Y, Z to Scott. And then I keep talking for like five minutes and like this genius thing idea. I think, and I realized like it was Scott did that to Emma and I just like fully said it backwards. Mm-hmm. Um, so there've been a lot of moments like that where like you just lose something, unfortunately in the process, I would say, Oh, I remember now the funniest one. That's like, it's a cringe moment, but I love it um, is in the episode I did with Fabian Nisiesa Daryl Io writes in to ask about Feral mm-hmm. and about like what Fabian thinks of Feral. And Fabian's like, I fucking hated that character and I wrote her out as quickly as possible. Uh, you know, it was like, I was like, it was like, I was like, signed a Feral fan. It's like, that's really tragic. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> it was like something like that. It was really brutal. It's like, I got rid of that character as soon as humanly possible. I thought she was obnoxious and terrible. And it was just a very, very, and uh, without, realizing because i i wasn't because um the display name on the email was different uh from his name name i didn't realize until later after i had invited him to be my guest for the feral episode that he was the letter writer from the 
infamous feral letter. I realized that like as I was prepping for the episode, I was like, I should go back and get that email that I can read. Oh my God, you sent me that email. (laughs) And he was like, I know, and Fabian cracked me up. I was like, oh, well, you know, it's important to have a sense of humor. But that's just a great, that's a great moment of just like... Well, moving on. Yep. Uh, and Fabian just give it to you straight. He didn't give a shit. So, you know. <laughs> um, cringy. All right. Cringiest moment. Cringiest moment. Um, on the actual podcast, probably when I uh, interviewed Charlie. Okay. And I do like a like a due diligence bit before you've you've we've we've done it where I sort of ask you know what your pronouns are. Yeah, sure. You'd like me to refer to you. Blah 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 blah. You know what words. Don't you like what issues aren't you reading? That just because c- you've got so little time, I need to know where not to step on your toes, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's just, and also it, it just allows me to talk to people for the first five minutes and get a flow and like a rapport. Up. But uh, yeah, very very clear that they were asexual. Uh, told me uh, clearly, and then. 15 minutes later, I was like, yeah, so who, who, who do you ship with this person? Oh, well, you know, um, I mean, sometimes people, uh, that, that, that's, but I know asexual people have opinions on ships, is what I'm saying. You know, like, I don't think that's necessarily that bad. You didn't say, who do you want to shag with? <laughs> but yeah, I, I remember like finishing that sentence and going, fuck. Oh, fuck, right. Fuck. Um, and I was the, like, why the fuck you ask the fucking questions only to not listen to it? Fuck. <laughs> and uh, they, were, they were cool about me. They were like, so like, it's just like, um, I don't really do that. And I was like, okay, moving on. <laughs> yeah. And that was pretty it's... cringy. Or the second one was when I, uh, first time I was ever going to meet another guest, it was with uh, Caleb and uh, at Caleb and Caleb and Darwin. And we were meeting in San Francisco. And I fucking. My passport was fucking invalid. And no. Yeah. Because I didn't realize that your passport, it's not just, it has to be valid for six months past the date you yes. apply. Yes, yes, which is stupid, right? But I mean, stupid. it's not stupid. Like, I get it, but like, that's, they don't tell you. It's annoying. Fucked me off. Fucked me right I know. Off. I packed Like, why everything. does it say that? Why does it say that on the passport? It should just say that. Jesus Christ. I realized that this was, this was happening at 12.45 p.m. the night before the flight as I was packing the suitcase. I opened the passport and went, fuck. I fuck. can't, I can't fly tomorrow morning. And then I had to jump in a car. I mean, my, my dad's a fucking saint. I jumped in a car with my dad who drove me two and a half hours to Peterborough to the actual passport office where they make your passports and they made me a replacement passport. Like I I sent, obviously I sent in the the picture and everything, but then to save it being mailed to and from me, which would have taken another like four days, he drove me two and a half hours to Peterborough so I could walk in the building, pick it up, get back in the car. And then we drove two two and a half hours to the airport. Like that was the morning. I picked up that passport on the morning of the flight. Got oh my God. <laughs> drove, picked up the thing, went back, did my Esther in the car and literally everything came together. Like at the last fucking second that I got on that plane. So funny. I mean, like, thank God it worked out, but like, geez, what a day. That was, um, I mean, the other really message was so embarrassing. 
the cringiest moment that's like me cringing about myself is for sure. Well, first of all, like mask for mask Connor of the first couple episodes is like very <laughs> embarrassing to me, but that's okay. Like I, I'm just, I'm coping how I know how, you know, I just, it sounds like me in high school just being like, Hey guys, what's going on over here? What's up in this part? <laughs> is of that your mask voice? I, I mean, well, it's, I mean, if I was like focusing on it, I mean, uh, <laughs> not the deeper level, you said no, uh, no, it's just, you know, no, dude, no, what? It's like how Pete Buttigieg talks all the time. Yep. Hello, everybody. I'm Secretary Buttigieg. It's like I'm a heterosexual. It kind of sounds like a British person doing an American accent. Okay. All right. Hello there. Like the way that it, like, you know. Um. Okay. Go for it. But but no. So the one for me is actually we've got seven minutes. Yeah, this will this won't be seven minutes because it's embarrassing. But no, it's actually in my episode with Khalid. Um, and it's funny, like Khalid made it fine, so it was great, but it's just I could hear myself going like ah and it's because basically a a black listener had written in and said, like, the way that you because I had made a point about how the mutant metaphor and race, it doesn't map neatly onto race. And what I was trying to say was that, like, the white characters like Cyclops and Jean, what they're experiencing is not the same thing as color-based racism. And so when white writers are writing white characters and there are my point was basically you need to have characters of color in the book or that doesn't work at all um it came across a little glib and so like i'm sitting there like horrified that i had come across you know like i was saying don't identify like if like people of color shouldn't identify this with race that's not at all what i meant but it was when i listened back to it i was like oh i can see why it might have come off that way so i did a little like i addressed it and um i was like just feeling really nervous about addressing it because you don't like you know there was another time when i made a joke about christian about like christians running the world and everything like about how you know christianity is in charge of so much stuff mm -hmm. and i upset like a christian listener i was like i was just kidding like i wasn't trying to you know i wasn't trying to be specifically disparaging mm -hmm. um so in this case where it's like this that this is a more serious this is like a marginalization that i don't you know i was just very much like nervous about and then at the end of it after i'm like rambling for you know three minutes about like trying to explain what i meant and you know yeah Kyle goes well you're canceled now it's all <laughs> over the story ends here and just like did like kind of a whole bit about how he was like taking me to racism jail and it was just so funny like it just really like it made because you know it's just there's a moment where you're like i made a mistake and it just is nice when the person you're sitting with is like it's really not that big a deal like we could just move on now yeah. to talk about other things it's just a funny Call he's like that, that though Call it he's that. a he's a great he has like the best energy of anyone i know it's yeah. just like you need to come and it's like an anxious person and just being told you need to calm down now you're having like a white fragile anxiety attack and like it's, <laughs> it's fine <laughs> we know you didn't mean anything bad just move on okay. very funny so um, that makes me cringe back because I love that episode. That that dust episode is one of my favorites, and I listen to it's it. Fucking good episode. I listen to it every now and then because I I think that the energy is really on in that episode, and sometimes yeah. I, I listen back to ones where I th that I think are really strong, so that I can like think about editing and stuff. And I love that episode, and I listen to it a couple like every six months. I'll like give really? it another listen. Yeah, because I, the ones where I feel like I really nailed the the pacing, I try to like keep track of how that because I don't want every episode to run four fucking hours. I just want it to you know flow 
well. But anyway, um, I love that episode. And I always have a fun time listening to it. But uh, that part makes me want to crawl out of my own skin every <laughs> single time until college is like, Potter, calm down. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Uh, penultimate question. Go for it. Um, I, oh gosh. Uh, oh, it's, it's, no, I think we've got, we've done all of mine. You done? So it must be you. Okay. We've done all um, five of mine. Is Unless it, I'm really not a math gay, but I think so, because I've been deleting them as we answer them. It's fine. <laughs> um, is it what you imagined? Right. Uh, no. I mean, it's so much more. Um, and that's something I'm enormously grateful for, but it's also something that freaks me out because I don't yes. want to fuck it up. Uh, I'm on a much bigger stage than I ever thought I would be. It's getting more attention. I mean, like, I get review copies now from Marvel because I'm like a... Like, like I'm, you know, AIPT or something like it, it, it's, it's become a real thing, yeah. which is crazy. And I'm, I'm so grateful, but also just, there's this sense that it could all just disappear and that's super scary. Yeah. And I, I hope that that's not true. And I'm, I'm starting to believe that it's not true and that, uh, that this is a thing that will, whatever, whether it's this show or not, like I've built something of an audience and, and it's not something that can all be yanked away in a second. Like it's yeah. something that, uh, that I should be proud of. And, and I'm trying to like, it's like you trying to accept compliments. Like I'm trying to settle into the idea that I've accomplished something. What about you? I mean, I'm not getting sent review copies, but we get, I, we'll get you there. We'll get to 2024. Let's, 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 let's work the angles. Well, I, I, it took me till 2023. So. Yeah. I mean, uh, is it, it's, it's more than I imagined in a totally different way than I imagined um it's like it's connected it's it's like connected me to something it's made me feel creative again in a way that I hadn't in years like I feel like I've I'm connected but well I because I work facilitating like I'm an agent I I facilitate art but I was always afraid to kind of be out there myself and then I put myself out there and people liked it and that experience has been shocking and now I I, like now I'm writing something you know like it makes me feel like I can I can do stuff yeah yes um yeah, this is more than I, I, I genuinely thought, because I used to have another podcast. I started this podcast called Pick a Lane, which was just like, you know, stupid commentary. I was bored. And sure, like, yeah. And I did a couple of episodes and I randomly started talking about comics on the tail end of one of those episodes. And, um, uh, and Leon and Justin reached out and was like, oh, that was, I really liked that. That was, that was cool. And I, I so just yeah, lean into that. Right. I, yeah. I just followed the warmth of it. That's and- so cool. Like also getting to, like I said earlier, like figuring out what, where your interests are and like, what about your perspective is special and fun to people and like leaning into that is really fun. Yeah. And I have, I, I mean, I have a, this is so much more than I imagined, but it's, it's, it's amazing people. We've got 30 seconds. Experiences. And I, I, I have a trouble. Sometimes I tr- struggle to think that I'm a part of what's good of it. Like I. No, that's my thing too, is I never think, I never think it's about me. And then people tell me that like, I'm important to them and it makes me feel insane, but I'm, I'm, it's, I'm glad they told me, but it, like, that's crazy. Right. That yeah, doesn't I, seem correct. I, I, yeah. I feel like the talent, the only talent that I've got is that I've managed to find people who are It's incredible. fun. Like I'm good at booking guests. Cool. Love that for me. Right. <laughs> I can read and oh, I can bah, 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 we're done. Thank you. 
Thank you. Thank you. This was really great. Actually, I had a great time. This was a really fun way to spend my Sunday afternoon, and uh, I can't wait to hear it and bleep out the stuff that we need to bleep out, but hopefully not too much. We will not speak of those people again. Okay. Well, right. lest, lest we go in the fucking... We, we will be cancelled. It's all over. I can't, we can't speak... Non-mutant characters, I have no comment on any of them ever again. <laughs> I have right, no well, opinion. It's not my people, not my ministry. I can't speak to it. Yeah, I was never here. Actually, I don't know how to read. I, I've never heard of <laughs> such a thing. So, um, well, thank, thank you so much for having me. We should go before the minute turns. Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> I've been Ashley. I've been Connor. And this is the next of words. Done. Or whatever we say. <laughs> someone that choke, someone I fit aside.